Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Leadership Revealed. So whether you're listening to this on the podcast or watching it on YouTube, I'd really, really appreciate if you could like and subscribe. It really helps us get the algorithm moving so more people can see our content. And also, you'll get a notification every time we drop a new video. So the title of this podcast slash video is You Need Brutal Honesty. But Why? Well, I've been doing a series of uh, articles, if you want to call them that, on my group, the Agency Growth Strategies group, all about how to become more productive, how to be more efficient, and effectively how to be a better version of yourself. And one of them was all about brutal honesty. And obviously, in a post or a Facebook format, it's very difficult to go into a lot of detail because, let's be honest, nobody's going to read 2,000 words. So I thought I'd do a bit of a podcast about what I meant about some of the more common and more popular posts of that particular series. And the first one was all about brutal honesty. Now, there's two places where brutal honesty needs to come from. One is yourself and two is from others. I'm going to talk about others in a second because there's a few caveats to that because you don't want to be listening to your friend Bob down the pub or Lucy at Pilates or anything like that who've got um, a bit of an agenda against you. So you need to surround yourself with good people. But the first one is you need to be brutally honest with yourself. Because if you're honest with yourself, it helps you take criticism or take that feedback from others. If you're not brutally honest with yourself, your defences are up, that brick wall's up. So when somebody does give you that constructive feedback or criticism, whether it's warranted or not, the first thing you're going to do is potentially lash out. And that's not what you want to have because then they're not going to give you the feedback. It's going to be a vicious circle. No one's going to tell you what you need or should be listening to um, because that's really, really important. People don't like criticism, right? We don't like being told we're not as good as what we think we are. We didn't do something as well as we thought we did it. However, it's what we need in order to get better. We need to not live in this rose-tinted world, this bubble where everybody thinks we're awesome, we're amazing, and we do everything absolutely instinctively right the first time and each and every time. That's not what life is about. Life is about falling down and getting back up. There is a saying that I like, the definition of success is getting knocked down seven times but getting up eight. And that's exactly what, what I feel in my life. I've been knocked down loads of times. I've screwed up immensely. I always say I could write a book on how many times I've messed up. But the point is I take that criticism on board. I haven't always been like that. I don't like hearing it, but I know I need to hear it. So the first thing is we've got to be open and honest with ourselves. So how do you do that? Well, you've got to be comfortable in your own skin. You've got to appreciate and acknowledge that screwing up messing up is a part of life we can't be perfect all the time and if we want to get better at something we almost want to hear the negative things over people patting on our back and kissing our ass i always remember um it's really really good guy raj who started and founded fix flow if any of my real estate listeners and, and viewers on here will will know that um i get on really really well with raj and he asked me to do a couple of um webinars with him over COVID, and i did it 
And he does a, a thing where he gets loads of feedback and he does a net promoter score and he gets comments about how you can improve, how the speaker can improve. And he phoned me up and he says, great, we had some really, really good feedback. And I went, that's fantastic. What were the negative comments? And he was like, "Wow, that's that's." I didn't think you'd want to hear that. I said, "Well, listen, I'm not going to be get, I'm not going to get better by people kissing my ass. I want to know what people didn't like, so I can improve it." And Raj says that unbelievably, that's that's the way he is as well. And um, because you learn more from your losses than you ever do your wins. Um, just as a bit of a side note, somebody said he couldn't understand my accent. Um, not a lot I can do about that, I'm afraid. But I did try and speak a lot more slower um, next time I was on on these webinars. But the point I'm trying to make is I'm quite comfortable when I screw up. I don't want to screw up. I detest it. It really upsets me, and I kick myself sometimes when I mess up. I've messed up twice on this podcast already in terms of having to start, stop, start again, delete the bit I screwed up. But guess what? I'm totally cool with that because that's the whole process. That's the journey of growing. That's the journey of getting better. We have to make mistakes in order to know what worked well, what didn't, what's right and what's wrong. And guess what? We just put it right the next time. So you've got to embrace messing up. You've got to embrace losing, I suppose. And when you do lose, you've got to analyze it yourself. You've got to be brutally honest about what went right and what went wrong. I'll give you another example. So when I um, used to martial arts and I was competing, and the first time I lost as a semi-professional, it was against a jiu-jitsu guy. So I was very much standing up and striking, and he was very much going on the floor. And yet, when it was standing up, I was doing really well, you know, winning the fight quite comfortably. We got in the clinch. I we started hugging, basically, and we fell over, and we were on the floor, and that was his territory. That was his domain. And I was like a fish out of the water, and eventually he, he won. He, he got me in a chokehold, and I tapped out. It grates me still to this day that I tapped out and I give up. However, I learned from that. So what did I do? After I stopped crying, I went to America. I went to America on my own. It was mid-20s, 27, 28-year-old, something along those lines. And I went straight to the world champion at the time to train and to learn. And that's my mindset. I was brutally honest about why I lost. It was because I didn't know that particular part of the, the ground game. And I did something about it. So when you're brutally honest with yourselves, don't look at it as a failed, just look at it as an opportunity to learn from it. Not everybody's got that skill set. It took me oh, a good six, seven, eight years to become relatively adept and adept at looking at myself, analysing a situation and saying, do you know what, John, you could have, should have, would have done this. You would have been better if you'd done that. Every time I do a webinar, I record it, I write down my notes, I look at the figures, how many tickets we sold, any upsells on the back end of the program, and I look at it and I analyze it. I've got a big chunky file like that where I look at every single one of the webinars and I look, I look at it and I try and tweak it for the next time. It's the only way we're going to get better at something is if we're brutally honest. Now, the second demographic or the second group of people that you want to hear honesty from are your advisors, your close personal advisors. Now, notice I didn't say friends because sometimes friends aren't the best people to hear feedback. Sometimes they don't deliver it in a way that is positive. And you've got to try and surround yourself with people who will give you that brutal honesty, give you that feedback, but they'll do it in a constructive criticism. Just to hear somebody saying, you're crap, you're rubbish, you're pathetic, you didn't do very well, that's not feedback. That's that's having a go at somebody. That's, that's nasty. What you want to hear is, well, listen, this is just my opinion. 
I think you said this and you could have, should have said that. I think this happened and it would have been better if that happened. Um, and giving somebody that that sort of feedback where it's given the opportunity to improve and the reasons how and why you should improve, that's what you want. And if you can find people who will give you that honesty, that feedback, and ideally those improvements, that's who you need to surround yourself with. I've got dozens and dozens of friends who will tell me when I screwed up, but won't tell me how I screwed up, why I screwed up, and what I need not to screw up later on. I don't ask them for feedback. I don't ask them. They're good, they're my friends, but we try and keep work out of it or we try and keep whatever I messed up out of it because that's not the sort of feedback I want. I want somebody to say, John, you dropped the ball on this. That's what happened. This is what you should have done because I can do something about it. Just hearing negativity, negativity, negativity is not going to make you better at something. You got beat in a fight. You were rubbish, you were crap, you were rubbish, you were crap. That's not going to help. What you need to see is because your arm was here, your leg was there, you didn't try this, you should have body locked him there. That's where we want to get to. That's the stage of how I'm going to get better. That's the stage of the feedback I want. So surround yourself like that. Now, it will take a while for you to find those people. It will take you a while to weed them out because you're going to hear from your friend down the pub or your long-lost school friend who, uh, or somebody at the rugby club or the cricket club or wherever it is. They're going to tell you how you messed up, not the people you want. It's going to take you a while. When you get them, you need to sort of analyse the situation and say, do you know what, they're right. And if you've got that that level of brutal honesty with yourself and you think you messed up or you didn't do as good as what you could have done, and then you're listening to your small group and keep your group small. You don't want 10, 15, 20 people telling you this. You want, you know, two, three, four, no more than four people who can go to get feedback. I had a very, very good friend of mine who had a relationship breakdown or was going through a bit of a tough time. And depending on the advice he wanted to hear was who out of our friendship group he would go out to speak to. So, for instance, if he wanted to know, oh, you need to work it out with your, your partner and she's great and she's amazing, he'd go to one friend. If he wanted a little bit like, well, have you thought about, you know, maybe you're not the right together and, and you know, you might be happier, better off if you were split up, he'd go to another friend. And if he wanted from me, he wanted... It's rubbish, it's never going to work, just this, that, you're better off being single. Then he'd come to me. And guess who he didn't come to very often? <laughs> it was me because I give him it, uh, give him the, the advice that he didn't want to hear. Yeah, in hindsight, I maybe could have delivered it a little bit better. But the point I'm trying to make is that the bigger the, the, the group of advisors or friends, you can pick and choose the type of advice you want to hear. And that's no good because nobody wants to be here the negative stuff. We just want to hear the positive stuff if we haven't got that brutal honesty with ourselves, our self-awareness. So having self-awareness is, is one thing. So you've got the brutal honesty with yourself. You've got the brutal honesty with your friends. But the self-regulation, which is another part of emotional intelligence, which I've done umpteen uh, podcasts on, so I'm not going to go into huge detail. But you need to do something about it. So hearing that honesty is one thing. Fantastic. I know I messed up here. I know I should have done this. I should have said that. I didn't do this. What are you going to do about it? And that's 100% all on you. You need to make time, you need to make the effort, and you need to put, the, put, it in a pl- put a plan in place of how you can improve yourself for next time. So be it anything you do with sport. We got beat because we weren't fit enough, so we need to go run, be fitter, do cardio more. Whether it be you could try to cook a meal for the family, uh, it was a bit too salty, I put too much salt in, or the beef didn't taste like this. That That's when you can improve on that. So it's that regulation that you need to do something about it. Now, you know, Losing a football game or a rugby game is dead easy if you're not fit. You just go and get fitter. You know, cooking a meal and it didn't taste very nice, that's dead easy. You just it's a, it's a quick win. You could try it later on in the evening. 
Where it can take a little bit longer is how you've been with somebody. So you've tried to manage somebody, you've tried to lead somebody, and maybe you weren't as good a leader or manager as what you could have been. Maybe you were a little bit abrupter than when you could have been. You didn't have that level of empathy or sympathy when there was a bit of a situation. So those are the sorts of things that we've really got to be honest about and say, do you know what, I need to change this. I remember one of the, the most difficult parts of feedback I ever got was when I first started the business um, and I had a mentor, really, really good guy. I think I spoke about him once or twice on the, on the podcast in the early days. Excellent mentor, um, worked together for about a year, maybe maybe 14 months, and he was listening into a manager's meeting. And I don't mind saying, I swore. I dropped the F-bomb a couple of times, maybe said a few other choice, choice words, a bit of bad language. And afterwards, he came back out, and even though he was a little guy, he had a habit of, can I have feedback, Nigel? I want the feedback, I want the feedback. And he'd give you the feedback and you wish you never asked. But I did ask him on this occasion and he just said, you swore, not good enough, John. And I was like, wow. He says, you're meant to be in a leadership and management position and you're swearing. If you, if your team think it's okay for you to swear, what is that message that is sending them? And from that moment forward, that helped my leadership skills moving forward because I thought, well, listen, we all have heard the phrase, you need to lead from the front. But it's really, really true that if I do something, I don't turn up for work on time, um, I'm, I'm a bit late, I swear at somebody, I put the phone down after talking to a client and say, what an arsehole. Then if they, my team think it's all right for me to do that, then they're going to do that. It's a little bit like being a parent. You know, if you're swearing or you're smoking or you're lying on the couch and you're not doing anything and you're active and you're, you know, you're bad language and choice language, then don't be surprised when you find your kids smoking cigarettes or if they hear, they get expelled for swearing. We've got to lead by example. We've got to lead that good life and we've got to be brutally honest about it. Now, not everybody's going to like that. Not everybody's going to think like that. But if you want to level up your way of thinking and level up your life, level up your management skills, your leadership skills, you need to be brutally honest with yourself and you know do something about it. So I hope that's helped you guys. I hope brutal honesty is something that it's already a part of your life. It's already something that you're self-reflecting on. It's something that you're looking at. Um, but if it's not, I strongly suggest that you look at yourself in the mirror and say, listen, if I wanted to improve myself, what would have to happen? Is it me? Is it somebody else? Is it anything I can do about the situation? And if, you can, if it's about you, then you've got to come up with a plan how to implement it in your life. Surround yourself with a very, very small group of advisors two, three, no more than four for sure. And make sure you're not picking and choosing who you go to for certain bits of advice. Listen to that advice. Make sure it's the advice that you need to hear rather than you want to hear. More like a critical friend, if you like, but also that you're doing something about it. And thank them for that advice. Take, you know, what you don't want to do is, is argue with that person and, and butt heads with that person because guess what? They're just not going to give you that advice again. They don't have to give you that advice, but their feedback and critical analysis of how you are behaving, et cetera, et cetera, is absolutely invaluable for you to improve as a person, a leader, a manager, whatever the case may be. So hold them people very close, treat them with respect, treat them with um, you know empathy and sympathy if, uh, if need be, um, but really, really sort of value their friendship and value the advice that they give. So I hope that's been interesting. I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to do a couple more um, episodes on productivity and how to be highly effective and improve yourself as a leader and manager and we'll see you next time on leadership revealed